What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wait a Second. Dun, 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 dun. Tell me something good. Um, I am. Hold on one second. Uh, so good to see you all. Thank you so much for joining me again on Tell Me Something Good today on the program. My friend and former podcast partner, and who knows what's going to happen in the future. Uh, what's going on, Ray Ray? Um, Freddie Prince Jr. joining us today. Super excited to, to back talk with my buddy. Always good to talk with Freddie. Um, thank you. Uh, sorry about and And look who it is, everybody. He's joining us now. My buddy. The man, the original team handsome member my my good friend and i miss him everybody is it is it bad when you say that when you say that you're a grown man and you miss another grown man is that wrong what's up bro buddy you're looking <laughs> good man look Can at you, you. Hear me? the hair's looking tight you're in the show everyone can hear you but now i can't hear josh you can't hear me hit them you see a mm. mic button can you hear me? Can you see me? Fred? Freddie? Freddie, can you see me? Bro. This is good old man stuff right here. Can you Should hear I me? Exit out and come back. Hold on one second. Can you hear me when I talk to you and you're down below like that? Can you hear me right now? Because I can see you. Can you hear me when you're down there? Oh, you can't. Oh, yeah. Hey, hold on one second, guys. Freddie, if you put the earbuds in after you logged on, you got to log out and log back in. I'm frozen? Wait, I'm frozen? Really frozen? Son of a... What about now, buddy? Hold on, I'm going to text Fred. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Am I still frozen? Still now? Um, hold on. Log out and back in. Um, yo, 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 yo. I'm still frozen. This is bananas. All right, let's try this then. Uh, how about now? This is some bullshit. How about now, Freddie? How about now? How about now? Now. Now. Nothing? Did you log out and log back in? Oh, that's almost. Uh, all right, fixed. Better. Um, all right, guys. Well, when, when we're gonna wait for Freddie to get Freddie, can you hear me at all? This is the oldest man's. Can you hear me? You back? No. Can you see me? Log out and log. Hold on. I'm talking. This is funny. Penny, I'm talking to Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, I'm, I, what am I typing to him? He can't. I'm blurry. What the fuck is going on today? I mean, what the fuck is happening right now? It is old man problems 100%. 
Can you? It's still nothing? No. Josh, this is the same nonsense you and I could not deal with when we had a podcast. It's probably the reason we don't. Not that you moved. I can't hear you, and I only see half of your cackling face, so I know you hear me, you jerk. Oh, my, I'm so mad at you right now. At least now I can see your whole face. I oh, I don't have to listen to this cackle. Thank God. I can't. Well, you muted yourself. Now unmute yourself, man. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How about now? I'm How about now? Muted. You muted? I mean, this is the funniest. This might be our best podcast. <laughs> Dude, I'm so just disappointed in us, man. I'm just I'm not mad at you. It's a is I'm disappointed in us. In us. <laughs> My stomach hurts so much. I, I mean, why can't I hear my bro? Here's the this is the worst part. Here's the worst part. This is, makes it even worse, Josh. When you first texted me to do this, and I'm glad you could hear me. You said, "Hey, man, let's. You want to do the podcast?" And I was like, "My man is bringing back Prince and the Wolf. It's on." And then I see you drop a promo that's like, "Yo." It's a reunion, but it's not the Prince of the World podcast. I'm just a, I'm a mother trucking guest. I'm just a guest. We used to be partners in crime, man. And now I'm a, I'm a guest. Tell me something good, Josh. Tell me something good, bro. Uh, That's, well, listen, I couldn't man. hear you. Even, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I can't say something good. What's up? Dude, if your boy is not emailing you right now, I swear to God. <laughs> All right, should I exit out and try to come back? Yes, yes. All right, I'm going to leave, All right. and I'm going to come back, and it'll work. All right. Oh, God, it's such Guys, old. Josh is right, – Freddie's clear. Josh is blurry. What that? the fuck? All right, guys, I'm going to try one other thing. How about now? How how am I doing now? Am I still blurry? Guys, this is whew, so amazing. So basically what happened with Fred um, is that he plugged the headphones in after he started the stream. So it just didn't work. Uh, so he, he needs to restart it. And we, we So blurry? Son of a dick fuck. What the shit fuck dick dick dickity duke dick donkey. Okay, hold on one second. I hear you, dude. If it you, muted you, no, I hear you. I hear you. Oh my god, dude. It okay, actually worked. First of all, Freddie, I I legit am sweating. I was laughing so hard. Bro, I was so let me close these windows. Hold on, there's a chainsaw apparently outside. Legit, legit. Yeah, my internet is is e eating dick. Um, so okay, dude, I was so mad. Slash, like, of course, when I found out it wasn't Prince in the Wolf, I was yeah. so mad, and I and I saw it on on Instagram. I was like, that's what that's. Listen. Oh, damn it. I was so mad, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you, the minute you want to start, but you you got like, you're doing nine shows. 
Ooh, but the minute you wanted to do one and get back in it, man, I'm in it. I miss talking to you. I want to tell you a couple things. First of all, the the beard is fuller than I think I've ever seen it. Oh yeah, bro. I'm lazier than you've ever known me to be. So it works out. <laughs> I don't know, man. The hair and the beard are looking good. It look look your like hair. That. Yeah. No, I've cut my own hair since I was 35. What's up, people? You know, it's, you can see where I miss spots, but whatever. I need some tips on how to cut my own hair. Can you help me with that? Dude, I just have like the regular clippers that everyone else gets. Yeah. And uh I do a two on the sides. I do a six on the top, and then I balance out these parts, hit or miss with a three or a four. Uh -huh. Wait, how's that? There we go. Like a three or a four right here. And then, you know, you're going to look stupid a lot until you figure it out, and then you, people go, oh, yeah, that's all right. That's okay. I look stupid a lot anyways. I don't really care. Well, you about cut your hair with your hat on your head and just cut around, and I've legit seen you do it. That's why your hair looks the way it does. Oh, that in a myriad of other reasons. <laughs> yeah, that which which comic has the best hair? Because you probably have the worst hair, right? In comedy? Yeah, I would say I'm up there with worst hair. For me, best Adam, hair. Adam Ray's got some good hair. Yep, but I think there are two guys that have better hair. Um, Justin Martindale and a, and a guy named Nick Youssef. I've seen uh, on like Instagram deep dives of comedy. Yeah, that boy's got good hair. Youssef's hair is like... And I always told him, I was like, Thick, yeah, yeah you got to be the hair comic. Like, why is Powerful. it more, why are more jokes about your hair? Like I would, I would reference my hair in almost every joke. If I, I mean, as it is, hold on one second. Let me show you what's going on. Ready? Ooh, ooh. this on, might, this might break the feed. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you look. You look like if Albert Einstein made all the opposite life choices that he actually made. Uh, <laughs> that hair, that right there, is next level. I, I, but you've seen it worse, is the deal. Like if Albert Einstein was in college and just one day was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. That's what his hair would have ended up looking like. But here's the funny thing. Like, I like that you um are assuming that i went to college well are you assuming i went to college I'm dumb as a rock bro which one i mean look, by the way by the way dude um i have to tell you your dogs those new puppies man they're good pups man come on you're jealous man you want to you wish you were here so you could snuggle them and so dr I jones could hang out with them dr jones and those two little dudes would have a good time yeah, man, they're real good Akita pups. They're four months and some change. And they're twins, even though they don't look alike. They were born in the same birth sack from the mother. And so I didn't want to, we're only going to get one dog, but I didn't want to break up twins. It just felt weird. So we took them both. <laughs> it's harder, but it's worth it, man. They're real good dogs. I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever heard the term birth sack before. I hadn't either. The guy said it had happened three times and he'd been breeding Akitas for like 30, 40 years. And he just would never, he, he was very rare, but I was like, yeah, man, give us, give us two. How hard could it be? <laughs> did, did, when he used the term birth sack, were you like, is that a real term? Like, did he? I trusted him. <laughs> you went with it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I know when he said birth sack, you were like, what? 
Yeah, if anyone says sack, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, want to make a joke. But I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get the dogs too, so I don't want to, you know, be like, hey, birthday, <laughs> like a big old ball sack. Right? Then all of a sudden you're, you know, not on the top. All of a sudden you leave with no dogs, and you don't have the the fullness of your beard. Talk to me about. I don't think I've seen it like that before. Like you and I have usually been around the same length, you know. Yeah, I it's, like uh, it. You know. It's, it's real, real, it's weird. Cause like one side, it comes in kind of full, right? Like this yeah. is like full gray. And then this side is kind of like, not quite. It's more like if I was 35, you know what I mean? And so this is really only the PowerPoint is, is this and this. So I've shaved the cheeks a couple times during the process, but uh, it's hard to keep it going. Cause it just gets annoying. It's really yeah. annoying right now. I'm trying not to touch my face and it's hard. I, I, I haven't been clean shaven since my wedding in 2004. I was going to say, I've never, except in like headshots that you posted online. Right. That's the only time I've seen your, your clean shaven face. Yeah. I went clean shaven 2004 at my wedding. And then I just haven't since. And I think more of it is just for laziness. Yeah. That, I, it's just, I'm just lazy. Showers yeah. quicker if I don't have to shave. So I don't shave. But shaving in the shower is also for me, the only place I really like to do it. Oh, I haven't shaved outside of a shower since like high school. Yeah, right. Because I didn't have a shower. What do you mean? I didn't have a shower in my room. In oh, yeah. And, and when you were growing up. Yeah. Neither did I. You know, when I was growing up, dude, me and my three brothers shared one bathroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah I had a bathtub in, in our bathroom, no shower. And uh, my mom had the only shower in the house and she lived, she turned the garage into like an apartment. This is in New Mexico. Yeah. She turned the garage into like a little apartment so that uh she would have the good bathroom i guess and then uh, the rest of us had the the single did you like when you were growing up did you because i know i did did you ever um go into your mom's room and look through her shit oh yeah my godfather my godfather's was the better room to search so like my mom i found like 20 bucks in a mink coat that uh my dad got her and I was going to steal it. And I felt so bad. I did. And I felt so bad. I went to my mom. I didn't admit to stealing it. But I said, Mom, I found $20 and I want to give it to you. <laughs> but, my, but my godfather, she knew I was full of shit. Um, but my godfather had all the cool stuff because he was the one that trained all like the Hollywood legends back in the day how to fight. He was the one that trained Bruce Lee when Bruce came to America. So when I would search through his study in his office, you would find sick weapons with like crazy sharp edges. You would find sick belts that like black belts that were given to him. Photos of like him with Ali, with Bruce Lee, with that uh, Korean dude that was in Game of Death with Bruce, that champion in, in I think it was like Hopkido. Like you'd see all kinds of crazy stuff, but it was the weapons that would always, you know, turn me on the most. So I would always just want to play with the swords and play with the bow staffs and get the nunchucks and the trichucks. And my mom didn't have any of that. She had an Andrew Jackson. That was it. Yeah, well, I mean, but you know, and Andrew cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember opening up, Fred, dude. I remember opening up my mom's. You know, you go through because I was looking for money. Yeah, and I, what I was looking for more specifically was quarters to go play video games at the campus center. And now, you know, my mom used to keep like a jar of change. Yeah, but it, all the quarters were gone because you took all those already. So it's just pennies and nickels, probably. You know what's crazy is as a kid, 
you think, well, she'll never, I'll just mix it up. She'll never know. You know what I mean? And now that I'm older, like, like I know when my kids have gone through my stuff. Bro, I used to water my mom's liquor thinking somehow someone who enjoyed vodka would suddenly not notice that it tasted like worse than it actually does. Like we're just dumb, man. We think we're James Bond. Dude. And none of us are. We're all Chris Farley trying to be James Bond. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie, when I was in high school, you know, you remember that creme, creme de menthe, that liqueur? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. So my mom used to have creme de menthe and she would put it in her coffee every now and then. But so I just replaced her creme de menthe with scope and I just took the creme de menthe. So I remember she would sip her coffee and I remember I, I, she'd go like this. So minty today. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> brutal. Yeah, she was drinking scope like that. There's still a little alcohol in there, you know. Still take the edge off with touch. And you know what else? Her teeth were great because coffee not great for the teeth. Zero gingivitis. I I feel like I did her a good deed. I think so. Do you know when I was growing up? Did you used to steal booze? You so you stole booze from your mom? Uh yeah, but she caught. You know, I'm the kind of kid that because of my mom, she really only had to tell me once, and it was so intense. And usually, like, involved me getting a shit kicked out of me. That it, you know, I didn't steal stuff from her twice. I didn't do a lot of stuff twice. It didn't. <laughs> she was a single mom in the '80s, man. She had to whip some ass. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I was receptive to 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 discipline, and less so to the verbal command. We're, but you know what, though, man. Like I've always said this to be true, and I think you and I might have talked about this before. Kids need to be. I, I don't, I'm not a guy who has ever hit my kids. There's yeah, no, I can't do it. I don't, I just physically and emotionally, there's not my a wall thing. that I can't get through. Sometimes I wish I could. Me too. Sometimes I'm like, man, especially when they get older, you're like, man, I wish I could punch <laughs> you right in the fucking face. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, um, I, 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 what I learned so much from parenting is one, you can't parent kids the same. Like they're mm -hmm. different people. So they don't respond to things the same way. But the biggest thing I learned is that like you can't parent somebody like it's the 1990s because it's not the 1990s. And you can't parent them exactly how you were parented because it's a completely different when you're like, well, I never had a phone. Well, there wasn't a phone, motherfucker. Yeah. You would have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a tricky. It's not a tricky thing. People, I think, make it tricky. But there's a place for old school. But if you don't evolve. I, mean, I don't know the same, but it's like, you know, it's evolve or die, basically. Yeah. There are philosophies that were great at the time. And if you tried to bring them into society today, you, you'd be thought of as the biggest buffoon in the history of society. Like, it yeah. just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, you have to change with the times and people hold on so tight or there's a saying like, well, that's the way we've always done business. That's death. Okay. I used to hear that when I worked at WWE. Well, that's the way we've always done it. And I said in the production meeting, that's when people die. Yeah. Like, that's what kills businesses is that mentality. Yeah. And Vince looked at me and looked at the person who said it and then expected us to, I don't know, to duke it out to the death. But I'm not going to have an argument with it, with someone that I don't think is that bright. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, man, there's a lot of things that work back in the day that you can't do now. Yeah. And, and it's a long list that we won't get into. But that was the biggest like speed bump that I ran into. There was, well, that's the way we've always done. It's tradition. I'm like, tradition? 
Like you don't have to, tradition is Turkey. Like, what are you talking about, man? You got to evolve. You have to change. Like, you can keep with tradition and evolve. I think yeah. it's possible to do both. To Japan's done it. Japan's done it since, well, well, since we bombed and killed all of them practically. But, uh, but yeah, they embrace the future and the past and you can exist within both. And there's this beautiful balance, but in the West, we're so quick to tear it down and put a strip mall in that it's just, it's, people are conditioned for that. Now there, there's much less of an appreciation for that. So now any, any invasion feels like a full invasion. Any little touch of someone going, you know, the old school wasn't so bad. They're like, Oh no, you're a horse's ass. It's like, damn bro. We invented rap music. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we did <laughs> like, There's good stuff there. You just got to leave out the ignorant stuff that people weren't ready for. Right. And, and embrace the stuff that the woke of their generation were, were responsible for. But that's the thing, you know, every generation has a woke aspect. Every generation is evolving in that oh, way. So and like, they, for whatever reason, they go after each other. I've never understood that. Like yeah. this young generation, because I'm kind of in the middle between two arguing generations right now. And like the young generation talks about how you know they're so woke and how you know horrible things used to be and like they're forgetting that they were those people just fighting for different things and as some of those goals were achieved those voices started to go away i just saw somebody say 60s most yeah woke. that's a great example yep. uh chris scott if that was your name it went off right as i went to read it but uh yeah man like it's just in today's society, they seem like dinosaurs, kind of like my beard. You know what's weird, bro, is Rachel Lee Cook, I just saw in like a, like a press thing for the new She's All That. Yeah. And I swear to God, this is how nice I am. This is how, this is how great I am, is every year that she was supposed to take, I took for her because she's a good woman and didn't deserve to age as, as brutally as, as this. So there's no, she doesn't dye her hair. It's just all the brown for me I gave to her. Fred, she doesn't me, do Botox. It's just the wrinkles she was supposed to get. I said, Rachel, let me take those from you because you didn't hit on me and you were professional and she's all that. So I will not let you age. That's how nice I am, Josh. Let me tell you something, man. First of all. This is what I happens like when you have to stare at your face during an interview. I feel like you've aged very well, man. You're, you're, you're a handsome and you've, man who's aged gracefully. Oh, and yeah. you haven't put a bunch of shit in your face. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe I'm gonna. You don't know my shit might get like. Now he froze hilarious. Oh, dude, I would pay good money like that. What is going on? <laughs> now, hey, dude, by the way, I have to ask you because I didn't ask you. What's the deal with She's All That? Why? Why isn't it? Why, are you involved in that? They they asked me if they were very nice. Uh, the producer from the first one, her name's Jennifer. She called me uh, before they were making it and asked if I'd be interested. But we just couldn't work schedules out, man. Yeah. I was doing Punky Brewster at the exact same time they were doing that. They hired my a good friend of mine, Mark Waters, who uh, kind of dis well gave me my first real shot in a movie on House of Yes with Rachel Lee Cook in that as well, and uh, and then again in Head Over Heels with Monica Potter. So they have a really good good person at the helm of that project and uh i know rachel went uh went and did a couple days to help them out but we just couldn't work it out as far as uh 
we couldn't work it out as far as my schedule on theirs. But I got no. I hope it does well, and I got no. I know some people got angry they were remaking it, but you know, she's all that as a remake. And if Dewey's good with it, and I promise he is, yeah, you can look that name up and type in My Fair Lady, you'll figure it out. And uh, and then you'll know that it all all these stories come from somewhere, man. Like everything's Die Hard. It's just you didn't see Die Hard, so you didn't know. You know what I mean? You saw Speed. <laughs> So you go, oh, everything's speed. It's like, you know, speed just die hard on a bus. You know? Yo, will you tell everybody, I'm I'm psyched for you, for Punky's, for the new Punky remake. Will you tell everybody about the show, man? It's super exciting. And then also please tell me, because we haven't, you know, you, we used to talk at least for an hour every week. I'm so curious how you're liking being back on the set, because I know that was something you weren't sure if you were ever going to want to do again. Yeah. Um, it's, I'll tell you the story because it's funny and not boring. Um, Brian Austin Green, who everybody knows and loves, for back from the 90210 days till now, um, he was on my sitcom. He's a good friend of mine, and he's a really good friend of Soleil Moonfries. And he called me up one day, and he said – he cussed at me. like, hey, you lazy friend. He's like, I know you don't want to read anything, but uh, they're remaking Punky Brewster, and they really want you to play her ex-husband, and uh, you should you should give the script to read. I said, all right, cool, man, thanks. And uh, he goes, read it. I said, okay. And so I hung up the phone, and I played Call of Duty for like you know nine hours instead. And he, <laughs> that was more important to me. No, I'm and, with you, bro. I'm with you, hundred percent. I'm, you know, these kids are good. And I'm trying to step my skills up. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm still trying. Um, so the next day he called me and he goes, you, I, yeah, I can curse with you. Yeah. Um, he goes, you fucking asshole. I told him that you were going to read the script and I know you didn't even read it yet because you didn't even call. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Dude. He goes, it films in LA. And I kind of went, what? He goes, yeah, it films in LA. I go, why are you telling me that? Man, I'll give it a read. <laughs> so I read the script and um, while I'm reading it, Sarah says, what are you laughing at? And I said, ah, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And she goes, what are you reading? You jerk. She calls me that a lot. And uh, I said, I'm reading the Punky Brewster pilot. And she stopped. And she goes, what? I go, yeah, the remaking Punky Brewster. And she goes, you're doing the show. And I was like, what are you talking I haven't even finished the script yet. She goes, you're doing the show. Oh, my God. Soleil is this. Soleil is that. She says everything Brian said about her and without them even speaking. But I mean, like, word for word. Words like she's the sun and the stars and you'll revolve around. Like, all the stuff that Brian was saying, right? Right. So I'm like, all right, let me, I read the script. I really liked it. It was very old school, 80s style. They, they didn't solve the world's problems in 22 minutes. They actually, we, we fail way more than we succeed, which I right. love. And uh, so I said, let me meet this chick. And uh, I go to Universal Studios. That's where we shot it. And they say, you're going to have lunch with her. Um, she says, you want to have lunch in front of the Back to the Future clock tower. I'm like, oh my God, that would be sick. Who could say they ate lunch at the Back to the Future clock tower? So That's I meet her. Know, by the way. I like right? that. Yeah. So I meet her there. And she brings uh, in and out cheeseburgers. And I'm like, yo, this is the only other actress in LA besides my wife that eats a cheeseburger. I married my wife because she eats cheeseburgers. And so right away, we're on a good, good, good footing, right? So we're eating our burgers, we're eating our fries. She's telling me about kind of the backstory of them and how they're a divorced couple. He was a musician, got kind of fucked up on drugs. She had to divorce him. I'm like, wow, you just described my mother and father's relationship. Yeah. Saying I can really do this. And uh, so while she's breaking this down, this girl comes up to us. She's in like the Universal Studios, like tour guide suit thing. And she's got sick hair, like mine, but cooler. Like it's short on the sides, 
and the top's long and like spiky. She looks like she's in cyberpunk, right? And the whole time she's talking, I don't hear, I'm just looking at this girl's hair like, man, I wish I had the hair. Like, it just looks so sick, right? So I finally hear her. Yeah. Did, did you lose me, you said? No, I got you, I got you, I got you. Okay. So she says, you guys, I'm sorry to do this, but there's going to be a wedding proposal here in the next five minutes. So can I please ask you to leave? And so it's like, oh my God, you don't have to ask, just throw us out. So if you're ever on the tour, if it ever opens up again, um, and you're facing the clock tower and you look to your left, you'll see these like adobe stairs that go up to nowhere. So that's where Soleil and I ran off to and we're watching the, the proposal. And uh, it's the girl that asked us to leave and she's proposing to her homegirl. And she says, yes, so it's a happy ending. And while she's doing that, the tram car pulls up and it's like playing the Back to the Future theme music and all the crowd, this is before the pandemic, the crowd, the tourists start cheering because they're seeing this. That's nice. I, I looked at Soleil and I said, look, I know you heard I was retired, but if y'all really want me for this, I'm going to give you 100% and I'm, I'm down to do it. And she's like, we want you. And I said, then I want y'all. And, uh, and we just jumped in and it was easy, man. It was an easy negotiation. It was a great experience. It was the opposite of my sitcom because I wasn't ready back in the day. It was 15 years ago. I think I was 29 years old when I had my sitcom. And I was the damn creator, the, the executive producer, the writer, and the lead. And spread myself so thin that I was shitty at all of it Yeah, and was miserable all the time. And that was when I first started about thinking about getting out of the business because I didn't want to be miserable. I didn't want to get messed up on drugs. And I saw how easy that path would be to go down because the stress and the pressure and all those different jobs, I just wasn't ready for. I was 29. And uh, so I kept asking my my agent for the next few years, hey, let me just be the fifth lead of something. You know, and they're like, yo, they won't even let you read for that, let alone offer it. They want you to read for the Isn't lead. that crazy, dude? It It's like you were, they thought you were overqualified for that, the job you wanted. It was, it was crazy, crazy. And then all of a sudden this job just lands in my lap and it was just a reoccurring. I was just going to do three episodes. And at the end of the pilot, I'm like, it was such a good, I'm telling you, Josh, everything was just so perfect. Like everything just clicked at the end of it. I went, yo, they're going to ask me to be a series regular. And I'm going to say yes. The same way when I left doing this podcast with you, only it was called something different back then, but I did your first podcast with you. Yeah. And when I walked away, I said, this dude's going to call me back and he's going to say we should do a podcast together. And I'm going to say yes, because it just felt right. You remember this. Yeah. And you called, you texted me, hey, would you ever want to do a podcast? Again? And I, all I wrote back was, yep. Yep. And we did it for two, three years. Like, yep. it, and we'd still be doing it if, if, if you didn't have to move. Yep. So when, I, when you know, you know, and it takes life experience to know. And so I just knew. And I swear to God, as soon as I finished that sentence in my head, I went home that night. And the next day, my manager called me and he said, they want to offer you a series regular. And I was like, tell him, yeah. yeah. Like, you want me to negotiate? I was like, just whatever they offer, man. That's who I want to work for. That's who I want to work with. Make it happen. This was an amazing experience. I got to cook dinner for my kids almost every night I worked. Almost every shooting, night I worked. Shooting I in to town, dinner. dude, is yeah. like. Yeah. So it's, it, I it, love it. it. I love it. Is it on Peacock? Yeah, it's on Peacock. You guys can check it out. I think it's February 25th is when it debuts. Soleil brings Punky back. She's super frigging cool. And she really is a son. And we really do revolve around her. And the kids are wicked, man, especially the oldest one, man. She's slick. She's real, real smart. I think she's going to be a big star one day. You know what's funny, Freddie, is that you mentioned that you weren't ready for it. You know, I remember my first two TV deals, right? It came off of 
my stand-up, but less my stand-up and came off of these one-man shows. You remember there was a period of time where pe- everyone was doing a one-man show. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. And so I got a couple of TV deals. And for those of you wondering what that is, is a studio or a network will say, hey, we want you to develop this show here. Or if you're just talent, we want to develop something with you here. And they'll give you a check that's recoupable, right? So if they do end up making something, you don't get paid whatever until whatever that amount gets eclipsed. I didn't know that, by the way, after the before the first check. But um, I knew you were going to say that. But uh, I remember being so angry when both of those didn't work. And now, as I look back, the reason they didn't work is I did not have the depth of be of, of artists. Like I didn't have what the show needed to succeed. Like when they would read the script, I remember the head of the of ABC at the time said that it was a, such a note that I was too young to understand at the time. He handed it back and he goes, but this, this is a fine script, but I could cast anyone in this meaning where's your voice. Mm-hmm. Where's the voice that we heard at that one man show? And so what I found was people were in love with my story, single dad, raising three kids, right? But I didn't have a backbone to the story because I wasn't a good enough comic to have developed that yet. So when they looked for a line for Josh to say, I didn't have it. That was unique. I had jokes, but I didn't have the point of view that they needed to make the show different. You know what I mean? And when uh, I, look, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So when I look back now, dude, now I could write that show and do that show in my sleep. But then I just wasn't ready. But you know what? I'm not sure if I ever told you this. Do you know who did my table read for my show? No. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, word. Ryan Reynolds played my brother because I was like, I'm playing me, motherfucker. That was like pre two guys, a girl in a pizza place. I it bet. was mid two guys, a girl in a pizza place. So busy Phillips was, did the table read also. There you go. There you go. It was looking back at who did that table read is like, what? But it's, then it's got to sound so strange to a lot of like your younger viewers to see people like admit limitation or, or failure. Cause so many people have been born into social media, right? Where, America's Funniest Video is no longer just a random show that was on once a week where you would laugh, but it's become an entire culture. And there are generations born into that sort of like public shaming and, oh, you failed and ha ha ha. And that kind of like that, that these people that sort of revel in that. So when you admit it and you talk about those things, it sounds crazy, but we're of a generation where if you didn't fail 50 times, you didn't succeed once. So failure was a way to learn so there's not as much shame. Like I have zero, when I was 29, I probably had an issue saying it because I was young and didn't have enough life experience. But at 44 and I'll be 45 next month, you know, understanding your limitations is sort of the key to success, man. Like why you think Vince McMahon's still a billionaire? He knows what he sucks at and he hires people to do it for him. So I wasn't prepared at 29 to be an executive producer of a show a writer of a show, uh, uh, the creator and the responsibilities that that entails with the casting and, and all that other crap and the acting. Like it just, it, I wasn't, I had no experience in any of them, but one of the four. And, you know, the pilot, they they put other writers with me, like a showrunner, because they're not going to trust a first time writer to run the show. 
And as soon as the voice was different than the one in my head, I would reject things right away because it didn't sound like me. And I was trying to fight for that. And then I was young and I would get angry and say things. Well, all right, F it. We'll do it your way. Right. That was a mistake, man. You know, there was a way to fight for my ideas that was way smarter. You know, what I've, what I've learned since then is when you get that crap note that's garbage and you know it's garbage, you say, excellent. Yeah, I'll do that right now. And then as soon as you do it, you make sure you do it the exact opposite of that note. And then you go straight to the person that gave you the note and you thank them for such a great note. And you really feel that it helped the scene. And that's all they wanted in the first place was to have their fingerprint on it so they can say, hey, I told them to do that. Yeah. All, they don't know what they're looking at. If they knew, they'd be doing it. So you just take the note. This is this is Meryl Streep shit that I, I saw her do. And you take the note, you say, that's a great note, man. Thank you. And you go do the exact opposite or whatever it is you want. And then after you come up to them before they can come up to you and say, hey, you didn't do it. You go right up and you go, yo, that really worked. It's, it. Do you know what, you know what Greg Garcia um, so Greg is a friend of mine and Greg created, you know, my name is Earl and raising yeah, hope and a bunch of this, right? So I worked on a show called yes, dear in the writer's room for a season. And he was like, I want to get this joke in, but I think the network is going to flag it because it's too risky. And he goes, he was like, so write two jokes that were, that are worse than that one. Yeah. So they note those two, but I'm like, well, you can't take all three and they go fine. Keep that one. Which yep. is the one that I wanted all along. We would do the same thing, only we would save what we wanted for show night. So all the actors knew the line on show night that we were going to bring to save the lines that we knew that the network was going to have issues with, right? And we wanted to get our joke in. So we would literally wait until there was a problem. And they'd be like, oh, what about this? What about this? And then we'd have one of the writers that always be a different one. They go, you know, what if Freddie said this? And it would be a joke that we wrote for draft one. And they'd be like, that's the one and then we just go and do that like they don't <laughs> no these aren't people that have ever made a television show yeah to, an executive is not making a show like they say they are but they're not making a show they're choosing which show yeah. they like they're choosing which ideas they like and it's an important part of the process but a lot of times and this is with actors directors executives producers anybody they just want their fingerprints on it so they can be acknowledged because most people want a little acknowledgement for their work. That's all. Yeah. And, it's, and it's normal and fine. It's how we react to it that either causes the problem or keeps the gears running smooth. And when I was younger, my reaction was, a note means you don't like me. What? What? And as I got older, it's like, how do you want it? Okay, cool. I got but you. Sometimes, Freddie, also. And by the way, the chat, I wanted the number of people to die down a little bit so I could say this. If you have any questions for me or Freddie or for both of us, put them in the chat, and then I'll throw your question up on screen, and we'll answer them for you. Um, also, and I understand this one entirely, they, they feel like they need to justify their job, and no note, even though no note. You froze on it, I did. Can you hear me? Can you hear me at all? Can you hear me? What about now? Oh, what about now? Mm, bummer. I moved uh Freddie, you there? Freddie. You guys, can you guys see me? No, you don't suck, Corey. Hello, 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 hello. Bummer. All right, well, I'll keep talking. Um, what happens, guys, with a lot of executives is uh is they want to justify their job. So they feel like they have to give a note on a script, but sometimes no note is a note. Like you're still doing your job by saying, Hey, this was okay. How did Josh and Fred meet? Oh, 
look who it is. All right, I'm back. Let me remove that other Fred. Um, okay. I will um I'll get to this question in a second. But I was saying, you know, sometimes Freddie, people justify their they feel like they need to justify their jobs with a note. But sometimes no note is actually doing your job. Yeah. But it's hard for them to it's you know? it's it's tricky. And there's really good executives out there who, who have 100%. come up in the business and work both sides. And then there's executives that literally came up on a desk and then moved higher up onto somebody else's desk, then someone else's desk. Then they had someone that came to their desk yep. and they got moved up. And that's their experience in the business. And those are the notes that I found as a 30-year-old just really frustrating to wrap my head around. Like, how do you expect me to do that? And you, it's hard to say that without hurting somebody's feelings and making them feel dumb. And so later on, as I got older, I just figured out, you just go, yeah, right on. Let me give that a shot. And then however it turns out, you just say, great note. And it makes them feel good. And you don't have yeah. to hurt anyone's feelings but at any job. You know what I mean? There's someone telling you how to do your job that doesn't know shit. And you're like, yeah, thanks. I did it my way. And it was eight times quicker and better. Yeah. So, you know, everybody can relate to that, I think. Um, and so Rhonda said, how did Josh and Fred meet? Um, social media, Twitter. And I used to do this thing called the high live and, um, you're so high. You forgot you still do it. Well, I do something called, I mean, the high walk, the high walk. (laughs) (laughs) I used to do something called the high walk. Um, and, um, and look, by the way, you, you recognize that name? Yeah, what up, fool? Um, and you chimed in one night with a joke, and I was like, "Oh, this dude's straight. He's funny." So I replied oh, back, to you. and and then um, we did an episode of a podcast at my house. And honestly, guys, like, it's so funny because I said to Beth that night, "I go, I know, as a grown man, you don't say this very often, but I think I got a new friend." Do you know what I mean? Like. After a certain age, you're not like I made a friend today. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I met a friend. We're gonna we're gonna have a play date. You know. But I told her I go. It's so weird. But I met like that. That conversation, the first conversation you and I had, was one of the easiest conversations I've ever had. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, I do. I do. It's cool when you click with somebody, and you know, I I have obviously a bias for stand-up comedians, um, you know, cause my pops was one. So it was always a way for me to feel closer to him. But over the years, I just started to like your breed more than any others. Cause you guys make me laugh, you know? And it's like, it, I had girlfriends that would get jealous, you know, like you don't laugh at just like, yo, you're not as funny as, as my friend. <laughs> like, they get paid. You don't, you know? So, but growing up in the clubs, I just always, I like the way comics tell the truth. I think, especially in today's day and age, people don't want to feel preached at. They don't want to, you attack somebody for their point of view and their instant reaction is either this or this, right? But a comic will hit you with it and all of a sudden you'll be like, yo, is that dude talking about me? Or is that <laughs> chick talking about me? And then you make a, you then make a choice on yeah. how you react to that truth. And you either hate that comic because the truth hurt, or you go, you know what? Yeah, they're right. I'm going to chill out on that. And Richard Pryor was a genius at that. Uh, Lenny Bruce was a genius at that. George Carlin, not so much. He was more in your face. Yeah. But but comics, I find, make the truth more digestible 
for people to to take because their look on the world, the mainstream world, isn't mainstream. So it gives you a chance to kind of fake them out with the jab before you hit them with the big shot. And I've always loved stand-up comics for that. You know, uh, uh, what's her face? Elaine Boozler was sick oh. at that. Like she would soften you up and make you think her comedy was going to be one thing. And then you'd be like, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> kicking people in the balls. Like, hey, I, um, you know, Kathleen but, Madigan, great, great at that. Kathleen Madigan, great at that. You know who I, um, oh, what was her name? Uh, oh, I can't believe I'm not going to remember. It'll, uh, it'll come back. To me. It won't be till you stop thinking about it. A hundred percent. Right. Um, but I, I, you know who else I, I, I wish got more credit in today's comedy world is, is, um, Oh, I think you are a fan of his is Richard Jenny. Oh God, dude. People Man, don't I, talk about Richard enough. Man, I have his whole set memorized. Yeah, I have an is. entire set of his memorized the way I have my dad's set memorized and he passed away. He, uh, he took his own life. Yeah. I think in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. But uh, man, his whole thing on the centrist, that's me. He literally described me and he talks about how great we are. And he's like, you know, we're so much better than the leftist and the right people. And then he just craps all over us. And he's like a bunch of half ass, half in, half out. Bit, don't vote for anyone so we can bitch no matter who wins. And I'm sitting there. I was like 25 and I was like, oh, my God, dude, this guy just kicked me right in the face. But I love him. <laughs> so a lot of comics can really. Uh, Andrew Schultz is a modern day kind of yeah. truth teller that is able to get away with so much because you can tell there's no hate. You can tell there's so much love behind what he says. So even what would normally be considered a mean spirited joke. Um, which you guys have to deal with nonstop in the in the social media age. People can't really touch him because he has this like this kind of this sort of disarming smile behind everything he does. And you and what he's saying is usually pretty spot on. So it's kind of hard to get on his case. And if you do, he doesn't care. But you know uh, what? You but know yeah, what comics do it the best, man. Comics do it the best. He he does something. I've always said the genius of jackass. If they didn't laugh after every stunt, they it would have been seen no as a mean watched. a yeah. mean show. It would yeah. have been a mean show. Yeah, Bam Margera would have been a bully. But yeah, you can't do that if everyone's not in on the joke and laughing. Yeah. And Andrew is smart, and so much of his stuff comes off the top of his head, anyways. But yeah. he disarms people with his laughter. He, yeah. He's 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 showing you what he thinks about what he's saying. And he'll you know laugh what I mean? even before you do, which kind of yeah. cues you to get in on the joke. Uh, there's so many new comics whose pr perspectives on life hit me at such like a deep level. Like Mark Norman, if you guys aren't familiar with him, check him out. Oh, uh, come Joe, on, dude. Mark, Joe, by the way. Go ahead. Mark, by the way, is sneaky, super edgy. Because oh, yeah. he's but people so can't bust him. You can no. see a special for free on YouTube. It's called Out to Lunch. So and he, he had this one joke that I saw, thought was so great where he was like, you know, it's so weird. Like people say, oh, you know, I hate, uh, I hate Mexicans. And, and everyone goes, oh, God, you're a terrible person. But if you say, I hate everybody, they go, yeah, right on, I'm behind you. And he goes, great. Isn't that it? It's everyone. So he just has a strange way of looking at yeah. things. There's another comic named Joe List who has a special for free on YouTube called I Hate Myself. And if you've ever dealt with insecurity in any way, shape or form, yeah. You will click, and it, this is 55 minutes of nonstop punchlines. I, I mean, nonstop yep. punchlines. 
but he says so much real humiliating, self-deprecating stuff that you can't help. If you've ever doubted yourself, you'll love it. So there's another recommendation. For you. And by the way, I, there's another guy who has a free special on YouTube named Josh Wolf. Oh, uh, my man. Oh, by the way, Fred, I got, I, I, by the way, I've noticed it says Fred and not Freddie. I'm too lazy to type. Okay. Thing. Just making Same sure. Same reason I have a beard. Um, I have a new special streaming on March 4th, dude. What bro? Streaming live. So I'm not one take, one take. I'm streaming the special live. And so dude, where, you know, uh, here in Nashville, you know how most people will do two or three shows in a night. Just yeah. And they kind of cut it together. Yeah. Because your Richard first Breyer show started that. I think it's, it's smart because your first show is your worst, which yeah. my first show will be the one that I air. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, dude, you need, I think that's what people like you need. You need something different to make you afraid so that you can go to a next level. I, I feel I've seen you get to places where you feel like you're on a treadmill and you always do something weird like this to kind of jump off it and go, you know, what? I'm gonna get on the treadmill backwards and I'm going to see if I bust my ass or if I'm even faster. And, uh, that's how, I don't know how I, I it's, to want to still grow because most comics, and I've talked to a lot of them, not just you, you know, you guys get your audience and that audience grows with you. And it's one of the only art forms besides music that does that, right? Mm -hmm. Like movies and TV are constantly going for the next generation. So they gear even a story you're familiar with for that next generation. But comics really stay true. So when I see comics kind of step outside that to challenge themselves, that's when you guys start getting new people watching you. And I commend you for it. I would never freaking do it in a million years. If you ever asked me to do the podcast like that, like the one we did in Boston, that was the most horrifying. You crushed it. That was the most horrible experience of my life. I would never do it again. So the fact that you're willing to do that is sick. And that's, you know, that's why I love you, bro. Buddy, you know, for me, and thank you so much for saying that. For me, I like the fight or flight feeling. You should jump out of an airplane, bro. Not in real life, just on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Not like for real, for real, but just right. like, by the way, dude, I have to tell you something. Okay. I'm not sure. I was on the airplane a couple weeks ago. And I have to tell you this because I think you would enjoy this more than anybody. My man sitting next to me pulled open his jacket. Mm-mm. Baby squirrel. Wait, what? Baby? He, a, he was smuggling a squirrel. Why did you talk? You talked to him, obviously. Oh, come on. You know, I fucking talked to him, but I asked him, first of all, when he opened his jacket, dude, for the first thing he did to me, he, he went, shh, come on, man. And when you start to open his jacket, you know, panic sets in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And by the way, I've said this before, you find out real quick if you're a hero or not. And guess who isn't? This dude. <laughs> Every man for himself. Like, <laughs> it's good that you did it. It's good you weren't a hero. <laughs> yeah. Everybody would have ended up with rabies on a plane. This dude straight up was like, go. I said, is that your emotional support squirrel? And he goes, nah. And I said, how does that squirrel do on planes? And he said, I don't know. He's never been on a plane before. And I was like, what? And um, so it was so funny. This is the part I knew you would like. My man opened up his other pocket, 
took out a bag and he goes, Hey, you want to dig into my nuts and feed them? And I go, no, dude, don't ask me if I want to dig into you. It's like me saying birth stack. Like you can't, <laughs> but people don't know how to speak to you. But they dig, don't. You can't say it to a stranger. You want to dig into my nuts? Well, was he saying it to be cute or was that just how he was legit saying it? Is that cute to say to a stranger on a plane? I mean, I, what if he's trying to make you laugh? Like, what if he's trying to just make it sound funny? Yeah. I don't think he would actually say you want to dig into my nuts. Yeah, probably Literally not. Mean, like, I think he was trying to be fun with you. You know, he just didn't know you were a comic. And so his joke didn't land. And maybe. It's tough, man. Getting a joke to land on. <laughs> when a comic tells you a joke is funny, and you've yeah. done this to me like three times since I've known you. Like three times you've been like, hey, that joke's funny. It's like a boxer saying nice shot. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah. I got, oh, I got him with that jab. And Honestly, then they might beat you up after that, but at least they're like, hey, good job. Honestly, <laughs> Freddie, you know what it's like for a comic? For a comic, when I'm on stage, it's like, wait, did I make the black people laugh? That joke was funny. <laughs> Every, <laughs> I'm like, yay! You always feel better. I'm like, that's right. That joke was funny. That's yeah. right, dude. That's um, right. Everyone has their what? Um. Dude, are you, are you, uh, you, are you, are your kids back at school? Everybody back at school or are you homeschooled? We're still sort of homeschooled. Like it's kind of part, it's like halfway there and well, it's like 30% there, 70% here. It's tough, man. It's been tough. I don't yeah, know that, how my kids have, have muscled through it, but it's been, it's been tough for me, man. It's humiliating having to go on YouTube to learn math all over again to, so that I can help. Like it is humiliating but you got to do it man you got to do it and i learned foil first outer inner last all you oh. algebra nerds will respect that one what's I didn't foil? foil first out it's how you break down algebra equations first outer inner last let me it's tell you order. something for real if i was teaching my kids math they would know grams and fractions and that's about it they'd know, <laughs> they'd know how to use a scale yeah. <laughs> but they you know algebra foil bro really? it's been it's hard it's it's hard i know why i did so poorly in school man it's tough i don't think i could do it man i don't think i do it um now i'm gonna throw this out to you out there to you because i know we're both busy and i know you're uh, i got like you, five minutes before i gotta run but then i gotta get yeah. dinner home for the kids i know you do man and by the way i oh i got it so I started cooking a spaghetti sauce this morning. It's on simmer, bruh. Yeah, but what are you simmering? Well, I made my own sauce. I forgot to ask you about it. You know, I didn't take it out of a can or jar. I made uh -huh. my own. Uh-huh. And um, so I put some paste, some sauce, and some diced tomatoes in. Okay. All right. Stirred it up. I made some balls of meat. I did. I made some balls of meat. Don't call it that. <laughs> but no carrots. No carrots in the balls of meat. Smart, man. Smart. Because I learned last time that they don't go in there. No. Was, you listen to your wife. You don't listen to me, but you listen to your wife. So that's good. That's smart. But I also, dude, I found, I, I bought just muscle meat. Not the muscles, but the meat in the muscles. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like already shucked muscles? Yeah, muscle meat. Okay. So the muscles aren't in there. I, I'm thinking about putting the muscle meat instead in the garbage. Of, 
<laughs> no, that's not what I was going to say. You were going to say that? By the way, don't worry about my fur coat. Um, Is that a fur coat? you like uh, my mom. Yeah, should I look for 20 bucks? Are you saying I shouldn't put the muscle meat in there? No, I get fresh mussels and steam them with some butter, huh? some white wine, a little chicken stock, and some garlic, and bring it to a boil, steam them, cut the heat to a simmer, take all the mussels out, let the sauce reduce a little bit, and then add it to the mussels afterwards, man. Don't just buy the uh, – it's not fresh otherwise. You're eating old – Old nasty muscles. I'm eating muscle meat. I just want. I like that. I like that it's called muscle First meat. Of all, it sounds weird when you call it muscle meat. All right. So right away, I'm rejecting the premise of your recipe because it just sounds wrong. <laughs> just call them muscle. Just call them muscles, man. Messing. You're messing this sauce up. You're but, gonna slow cook muscles. Who the hell's ever slow cooked a muscle? It's shellfish. You am I not? It. Am I it not takes, supposed to slow cook muscle meat? Bro, it's not like a, a pork shoulder that needs to break down with tons of fat. It's, it's, there's no fat. Like I don't understand the, the process behind this. They're muscles. It takes 15 minutes tops to steam them. You take them out. You add them to like a nice white wine sauce the same you way you would with like clams linguine, right? You want it to have that same kind of vibe. There's no. There are people who put them – in like a like a tomato sauce that you have, yeah. but they haven't slow cooked them for eight hours in there. It's it's fish for God's sakes. Make a minestrone, or a, no, not a minestrone, a chiopino. What'd you call me? You heard me, chiopino. Chiopino, dude. Heard me. I love talking to you about cooking. I hate talking to you about <laughs> cooking. <laughs> 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 buddy i would love to do this with you more often we'll do it again when you run out of guests hit me up man i'll always fill in man why, why don't we just plan on doing this more often me and you man like you can do whatever you want bro i'm I, if punky gets picked up i'll have you or i'll have less free time but if it doesn't i'll have tons of free time well, why don't we wait to see about that, man? Because either either way, man, you let me know, and we'll always make it work, dude. I, I, all right, I'll I'll, uh, I'll text you when I finish up here, and we'll and we'll figure out a time. Um, I know you got to run, um, and so it's just really good to talk to you, man. You too, I miss, man. I miss, I miss you. Hanging with you, yeah. I'm telling you, I was pissed when I found out it wasn't Prince in a while. I thought you meant we were back. We, I'm ready, we, I was like my man, and then I was like, "Give me, tell me something good." I'm ready. Son I'm, of a bitch. I'm ready. And by the way, guys, uh, I'm gonna stick on for a little while longer uh, just to go over a couple things. But go over it, bro. Have a great day. Enjoy lovely Memphis, dude. What day's your special again? March what? March fourth, man. Four days before my birthday, big dog. Four days before, and. Uh, maybe a week after the premiere of Punky Brewster, everybody oh, on Peacock. Thanks, Broski. You're the best, man. We'll talk to you soon. Talk soon, Peace. Guys, I mean, it for me, it doesn't get it. How are you, Ray Ray? How you feeling about that? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm mind blown. I wanted to ask him because I was making spaghetti sauce the other night myself, and I make my own sauce. I made mine for the first time today. Uh, but I didn't know I was not supposed to slow cook muscles. Apparently, that's not something you're now supposed you to know. do. Now you know. 
Now I know. I hear you guys have been in a chat room together, everybody. Uh, you and like, and and a boner killer, Dave, and boner killer for sure. Boner lady, lady, lady boner. boner. What's it called? Lady boner. <laughs> oh, yeah, lady boner, Dave, and yeah, everybody. It's so nice that you guys are all hanging together. Dude, I love. Yeah, it. It's the great. It's the best friendship. Great circle of friends right there. Love you guys. Awesome. Um, I'm 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 thinking about doing a late night um high life tonight. So. Oh, well, you know, I'll be there. Get you get ready. Get ready. All right. I'll talk to oh, you soon. Shit. Um, guys, so much fun talking to Freddie and I, I'll definitely, he and I will figure it out. You know, I know he's been busy with work and, and I've just really been settling in here. And, um, but now that we're all set, uh, we, he and I will set it up together because I just really, there aren't that many people that I can say, man, I just really like that dude, man. And um, conversations are always easy. I don't have a problem. You know, he doesn't have a problem disagreeing with me or me with him, or we talk to each other like real people. And he's just a good dude, man. And um, yeah. So if we can figure out, even if we can figure out a way to do it once or twice a month, um, that's how we'll do it. And we'll start. we'll start where we can make sure that we can follow through on whatever we want to do. And, uh, we'll go from there. Um, that being said, I see everybody down below. Um, and I just want to make sure I say hello to everybody before I sign off here. Um, yeah, man, we love, we love miss doing it too, Jamie, but we'll get back. We'll get back on it. So let me just say, Hey to everybody before we sign off. Um, cat. Hi. How are you? Where are you at? I'm at work. How are you? I love that you're at work. And me too. I love my job. That's awesome. I work, I work with these knuckleheads like this. <laughs> That's amazing. What are you doing? I am I'm packing packages, stocking shelves. Let's see if I can turn my camera around. I guess I can't. We're in a warehouse. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's me and three other guys, and we're, we're kicking it. I love it. The guys are great. We get right. along great. Have fun at work. We might see you tonight. Late night high live. You really think I would miss it? You're the best. I'll see you in a little bit. Love you, man. Bye. I love you. Amber, how are you? I remember to, uh, hey, I'm good. I remember to unmute myself. Good, good, good. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Just wanted to check in. How, how did you have a good time watching uh, Freddie and I? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally feel old. <laughs> no, we are, we're all in the same area together. That's the best part. Yeah, I grew up with him. But I, I wanted to say real quick, I have a suggestion on how you should spell A-man. Okay. E-H-H-M-H-A-A-N. Because you don't say it with an H. You're like, A-man. A-man. But E-H-H, I think, is eh. No, E-H-H. Right, I think it needs a Y in there. A. I'm going to write it all down. Okay. And Amber, I will take that into consideration. How about that? All right. Deal. Thank you. I hope we see you tonight. Anyways, have a good day. Thank you. All right, bye. Look at Super Dave. What's up? Hey, brother, how are you, man? Yeah, man. Hey, yeah. He's more of a lady boner than a, a boner killer, man. I have to agree with him. The girls love him, man. Yeah. Are you talking about Dave? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I like you. I think Super Dave is a better nickname than Lady Boner. What's it called? What's the nickname? Boner Lady? 
No, Lady Boner. And the girls Lady get a Boner. boner for him, man. They love him, man. He's just yeah, the he, is. He, he is. leans into that being a dad and teacher. And so, he, you know. He works it well. He has skills. He, does. he doesn't even actually, that's not his kid. He's a babysitter. <laughs> that's good shit. Yeah. 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 I don't true. know that, but he's not actually. Well, there's, definitely we'll play. <laughs> there's definitely an age, I think. Dave's right. Yeah. Oh, Listen, dude. Um, thanks for watching and, 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 and tuning in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's always a good time. We love it. I appreciate it, man. And, and hopefully we'll see you tonight on the High Life. Yes, sir. I'll see you then. All right. There. Um, let's. Lori and Sean, where are you guys at? Hey, oh, shit, we're in Charleston, man. Oh, it's beautiful there, man. Yeah, yeah I'm on. Hey, just chilling. How you been, bro? I'm doing well, brother. I'm doing well. Nice to see you guys getting out and having a little time together. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Are we going to see you tonight for a late night high live? Yeah, you we'll will. There. All right. Will, man. Good to see you, man. Take care, everybody. You got it, dude. And and I'm glad to see you guys all getting together for those chats. That makes me oh, yeah. really yeah, happy. Man, that's been awesome. Thank you, brother, for getting us all together. Dude, you guys are the best. Thank you. You know what, man? Later, brother. Right. Later. Your top fan badge gets stripped, Dave? I can't believe that to be true. Let's figure out how that figure that out. <laughs> Who we got here? What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Josh? How are you? What's your name? Doing all right. It's Ken. I'm uh, the guy, the veteran from uh, Cincinnati. He gave the uh, comedy tour uh, ball cap too. At yeah, the end of the man. Show. Awesome, awesome, awesome. How you doing, dude? I'm doing all right. It's been an exciting week. Uh, I think I've signed more paperwork in the last week than I have in like the last three years. Uh, my wife and I uh, uh, are under contract on buying a house. So, congratulations, man! Congratulations. Uh, we're we are stoked. I mean, it, it may not be everything we want on our checklist but i tell you what it definitely meets all of our needs that's all that matters man that's all that matters yes, sir. As, as you get older you realize that things that are good in your life don't have to check every box oh yeah i mean that's just like i remember you know you know growing up and stuff you always say well i need this or i need that but as you get older you're like i really don't need that it's more of a no. want you know yeah well congrats man and uh, we're doing another high life tonight and i hope we see you over there what, what time are you going to be on tonight? Cause, uh, I, I work from uh, 6 to 3, so I usually you know, go, go to bed early about and take a nap, and then I hope to catch your show. And uh, Some, Sometimes I, some, I miss it, sometimes I don't. <laughs> sometime between 9 and 10 Central Time. I'm doing a set tonight. 9 so it's 10 Central Time. All right. And you know that the uh, March 4th, we were excited about the February 6th, but we, you know, we was kind of a little bummed that it got moved to March 4th. The, you know that's a Thursday night? Yeah, but that's all right, man, because if you get the link, you can watch it for an entire week anytime you want. Oh. You don't have to watch it that Thursday. Awesome. All, all right, right, bro. Well, it was nice to see Thank you again. You. Uh, Thanks, and man. I hope you come back to Cincinnati soon, man. All right, brother. Take care. Later. And look who it is, last but not least. Hey, buddy. Clean shaven, young, not 18, Dylan. Oh, I'm not 18. Um, dude, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm driving right now. All right. I see that. So I'm going to let you go soon, but I hope we see you tonight on the high live. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to skiing. So maybe there's going to be some snow around me tonight. That would be great. Just, um, that'd be great. And happy to have you in the community, man. And I like checking in with you every week and thanks for being here, man. I like it. Absolutely. All right, brother. Peace. Bye, man.
guys, so much fun. Thank you all so much for uh, watching. For those of you listening, um, I do this uh, live every week on my Facebook fan page um, where you can join us on screen or we can ask the questions for you for whatever um, uh, guests that we have. Uh, just a little update for me. I'm looking forward to March 4th. Um, I am doing something over on my Patreon starting on Monday. I'm in the worst physical shape of my life. Um, and I've told you guys before, um, I may be in the best mental shape of my life, but with, I've found with the gains that I'm making in, in discovering things about myself, I'm learning some things about myself too that are tough to admit. And, um, so I, it's, it's not, it's like a, not like a complete teardown. I, I like who I am, you know? Um, but there are some things that I think I've figured out why I go through these dark periods and they've been coming more often lately, I think probably for everybody. And that's part of the time and all that shit. But, um, they've been different for me. They've been darker. And, and I think I've figured out some of the reasons why. And so I starting on Monday, I'm going to on the, over on the Patreon, I'm just going to try to do a 90 day reboot. I'm going to do something I've never done before. And I never thought I would do. I'm not a take picture with a shirt off guy, but I need a before and after. So we'll take a picture on Monday. I'm not looking forward to that to post on Patreon. And I'll diary it up for Ray Ray. I wish my arms looked like yours. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll diary it up for 90 days. And I guess you guys will see the good, the bad and the ugly, but I'm really hoping to, I'm really hoping to, since I have the opportunity to discover some things about myself and to get to the bottom of some of the things that I think have plagued me. You know, I did an episode of um, Ryan Sickler's podcast. Uh, I think that's going to come out this week or next week where I really admitted a couple things that, and I'm not going to get into them now because I don't want to fuck up his podcast, but that were so obvious, but were hidden in plain sight, but were such, it was tough to, to admit, you know? And so I'm going to try to get into all that shit and figure it out. And um, we'll see if I end up needing to go to therapy again. I will. I'm not scared of that, but I want to see if I can't figure it out. Um, Kat, what are you trying to tell me? Okay. Two things. Yeah. First off, um, sexy Dave, teacher Dave is going to wrap me some jokes to add to my stand up skit I'm working on. I didn't know you were working on a stand up skit. All right. We'll talk about that on our Patreon talk Tuesday. Okay. Um, second thing, Memorial day weekend. Is that the one that's coming up? Yeah. In the end of May, beginning of June, all of our crew is going to meet out here in Denver. So Congratulations. We need you. We need you to book at Comedy Works for that weekend. I think it's too soon for me to come back. I was just there. But June will be too soon for you to come back? Not for me personally, but for the club, it's usually a year. It's usually 14 months, something like that. We'll play downtown Comedy Works. I will ask them. How about that? Okay. All right. Um, Okay, everybody. Uh, so good to see you all. Thank you all for listening and for, uh, and being so damn cool. And, um, 
Uh, I can't wait to start this on Monday and to, to really try to dig back in to my overall health. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Tell Me Something Good. As usual, the pleasure is mine. Um, March 4th, check out the special. And tell people about the podcast, guys. I'd love to have the more. Of, if you're recommending them, that means they're good people. You know what I'm saying? Love you. Talk soon. And uh, we'll see you tonight on The High Life.